Hello and welcome to the Seeds Podcast, your pocket coach for bite-sized transformational shifts. I'm DJ. And I'm Tang Tang. Together, we are your hosts and coaches. Was there a time where you faced with a challenging conversation and you wish that you had responded in a much calmer, wiser manner, instead of losing your composure? There may be times where we feel we have no choice but to fight back, defend, and worst, it may be in a way that is not connected to who we really are. We could be reacting out of conditioned habit and impulses, which may not serve our highest potential. Well, any change we want to see in our lives starts with consciousness. Being conscious is about bringing awareness to. In fact, the more consciousness we bring into our lives, the more we are empowering ourselves, and the less we feel as a victim of any challenging circumstances. But we will always have a choice in choosing our thoughts and response, which is what I call our response ability. And in cultivating a conscious way of living, we bring awareness to every aspect of our lives, health, relationship, our finances and career. And on a daily basis, this helps us to make choices. What do we say yes to? What do we say no to? Do we demand or talk calmly? Who do you spend time with? What do you choose to let go? What do you choose to believe? And what really matters to you now? Well, the answers to these questions largely depend on the clarity we have on our doing, which refers to our actions, words, behaviours, activities we choose to engage in, and our being, which refers to our values, beliefs, passions and purpose. Now, this clarity is only possible if we start to bring awareness to both our doing and our being. How are we likely to go unconscious? Here is a recap of what Yong Hong, the CEO of Green Dot Restaurant Group, got to say about going unconscious. Um, now, but are there any times where as you're running your business, you've been challenged by your values, that your values are being tested, or your purpose has been tested, that you kind of shaken and say, oh, is that what really matters? Should I continue? Are there times like that? I think many times, really many times, especially, especially in, as a business uh, person. I remember one of my very long-serving staff, uh, Auntie Mabel, uh, she has been with me fighting for seven years, seven years. And uh, about four years ago, she, we were chatting and she, she said something that I remember till today. She said that, uh, Yong Hong, you are a very kind person, but I hope that uh, after years of in business, you still uh, maintain, you still remain uh, this kind of kindness uh, in your heart because uh, business really do change people because of the things they have to go through. There's so much stress and anxiety out there. How can we um, as individuals or even as leaders stay grounded? Mm, I think firstly, uh, we all have to be thankful uh, no matter whatever happens. I think uh, when you are thankful, uh, you, you, it makes your life uh, much easier and uh, mm. I think every challenges every things that happen happens for a reason and, mm. uh, and all these kind of uh, challenges and, uh, that, and, and uncertainties give us a chance to really uh, show our true leadership within us 
the increasing complexity of the world has trained us to multitask, and it is easy for us to go on an autopilot mode. Unfortunately, whenever we are on autopilot, we are not consciously directing our lives. In fact, we lose connection with our being. While practicing consciousness, it is a discipline we instill in ourselves to remind ourselves in making values-driven decisions, aligned to a clear purpose, especially when we are pushed to our edge. And applying consciousness to leadership, conscious leaders develop deep awareness of their inner thoughts, emotions, and genuinely care about the well-beings of people. Uh, that, that is to focus on who you are becoming rather than what you are accumulating. Conscious leaders care about who they are becoming, not just what they are accumulating. This is the connection of the doing with the being. They focus on the greater good for the community and they aspire to be the champion for humanity. In the same way that conscious leaders can be champions of humanity, Zachary reminded us that fathers can be a champion of the family. He puts all of these things into context in terms of how he defines conscious parenting, and this is what he has to say. A conscious parenting, uh, firstly for me, is really number one, uh, being aware of our own thoughts, right? On how we feel when our children behave or misbehave. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I think conscious parenting also we should think about what is uh, the kind of values that we want our children to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, we look, if we examine the root word of parenting, right, which is to bring forth, uh, it's a Latin word. Uh, as parents, we need to uh, examine what is the values or traits that we want to bring forth in our children and how can we help them to develop those traits. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, so we need to be very aware of that. And okay. of course, the th- third part of conscious parenting, uh, which I feel very strongly is really uh, taking massive action. So we can think as much as what we want. We definitely have good intention. Uh, but I think most importantly, those need to be coupled with action on how we can help our children grow into uh, the kind of adults they, that they want or we feel that uh, they can prosper in the future kind of world they're going to live in. Zach beautifully weaved together the teamwork of head, heart, and hands in terms of conscious parenting. Head, because it's a skill that really can be learned and developed over time. Hands, because it takes daily practice and conscious choices in terms of the decisions we make. And last but not least is the heart, which also Yong Hong referred to in terms of conscious leadership, which is values-based. Values at the heart of the decisions and choices we make for our families, values at the center of the paths forward that we decide on, whether it's in times of crisis or it's in good times, and values that we choose um, with which to raise our children on in terms of how they develop in character in the future. In applying consciousness to parenting, we also interview Eva, a mother who is so passionate about parenting with curiosity. I think curiosity is also one big part that I, yeah. I believe. Uh, and, and of course, that's also one of the reasons why I call the Curious Mama yeah. uh, in my own community. Uh, because I find that 
with the curiosity mindset, it, it shifts um, the perspective of uh, lacking or impossible to something that is uh, more discovery, more learning, more inquiry. Yes. And I think the inquiry portion is something, uh, it's very uh, relatable to one something that I, uh, I uh, practice very often, which yes. is mindfulness. So yes. it's about um, asking questions and, and pausing um, our own uh, judgments and thoughts. Uh, and, and the pausing is uh, is a distinction between pausing and uh, suppressing. <laughs> so yeah. pausing is really about being aware, being about knowing why it happens and also looking at opportunities for this situation for growth and development in that yeah. sense. A quote from Albert Einstein, he said, Curiosity is more important than knowledge. Well, curiosity to me is really a desire to step into someone's worldview and see things from a perspective that is different from ours. It takes the courage and vulnerability to accept that our views can be clouded with our own biases, assumptions, and therefore engaging in inquiry, exploring others' worldviews, pausing our own judgment are seeds for growth. Well, I remember a conversation that I had with my daughter when she was in primary one or first grade, where she was seven years old. At that time, she resisted going to school. Well, I thought of her being stubborn and unwilling to adjust. We struggled for a few weeks of her not going to school. Well, the turning point came when I wrote her a letter, empathizing with her fears and concern that she had. She teared, and she started to share what's really holding her back. And little did I know that her teacher then has instilled the fear in her that was so daunting for her at that age. A large part in cultivating consciousness is the ability to bring our awareness in exploring the relationship that we have with our habitual thoughts or our thinking pattern. What do we pay attention to? And for me, I do have a habit of being a bit more judgmental. So do I have a habit of focusing on people's strengths, talents, gifts, or their gaps and weaknesses? Do I have a habit of acknowledging efforts or only looking at outcomes? These habitual thoughts are powerful and they become my worldviews. In the spaciousness of curiosity and really evaluating what kind of conversations are we having with others that comes from a place of non-judgment and one that is truly life-giving, Natasha shares with us about the practice of satsang. I realized in all these three parts of telling, asking, and listening in a conversation, we have a choice at every moment. What are we choosing to listen to? Are we listening to our own judgment? Or are we really listening to what the other person's story and essence is? When we are sharing, are we sharing things in order to, we have an intent to make the person in front of us feel small? Or are we sharing truly out of graciousness and out of the truth, expressing what we like and what we don't like, but taking full ownership of it? And when we are asking questions, are we asking questions to put the person in front of us down or to make that person and our relationship or the situation rise? Mm. So we have a choice. 
And once I realized, oh my God, I am responsible for my choice, there was no looking back at that. Nat reminds us of two very important things that we really need to take into consideration in these times, especially when everyone has a lot of anxiety and fear and grief over what's happening around the world and the changes that we all need to adjust to. One is the power of intention, really setting an intention for how are we listening to others? Are we listening from a place of non-judgment? Are we listening from a place of allowing somebody to be who they are? The second is that intention also of choosing from that space of what we speak to others about. Is it something that will lift them up, inspire them, or is it something that will actually dampen their spirits or bring them down? In all of this, there's one thing that we need to consider. It's that there is always choice. And last but not least, Natasha also reminded us about the power of conscious silence. That in life-giving conversations, presence and holding space for others is equally important. So to close all the things that we've just discussed on conscious living in this series, we'd like to end with a quote to tie everything together. In the realm of happiness, you need to make a conscious effort to bring the inner source of who you are into alignment with the choices you make to define yourself. <music>